All right, welcome back to the weekly walk and talk where I walk and talk and you get to listen to this week's news. So we've got banking, finance, economics, politics, energy, and a beautiful walk. And just behind me here, as we walk through this beautiful um, area of the Isle of Man, you might just be able to see that is Nigel Mansell's house in the middle there in the far distance, or at least it used to be before he left the island for all of you motorsport enthusiasts. So let's get started then because we've got a lot to cover in today's video. And I want to begin with the banks again today. I know I sound like a broken record with all of this, but if you remember that there was hardly any people, a very small handful of people talking about these bank collapses before they actually happened. So that's why I keep talking about it a lot because I want to get you guys ready for what is going to happen next. So the first wave then of these bank collapses was simply from all of these bonds. We talked about it in this week's, one of the videos on this week's uh, show. But it was in a nutshell because the banks bought the bonds, the bonds then went down in price, and then they couldn't hold them to maturity because so many people started withdrawing their money. Now, the second wave that this is going to cause is that these bank collapses highlighted something to the public which they weren't aware of. And that is that the majority of people were getting 1% or less in savings accounts. And they didn't actually know that they could get 4%, 4.5% in other kinds of savings accounts or money market accounts. And for a lot of those accounts, that was without taking on any more additional risk. So people are starting to wake up to this now. So what are they doing? They are not necessarily withdrawing cash, although a lot of people are still withdrawing cash from the banks. But what people are doing now is they're transferring. So this is why it's actually in a way worse than people withdrawing cash because people are now transferring their money out of the banks and they're transferring them into other areas like money market accounts or they're putting it into just other investment vehicles where they can get a better return without a lot of risk right now. And of course, as more and more people withdraw or transfer their money out of these bank accounts, what happens, more and more of the banks have to sell their treasuries and bonds and other fixed term assets, which they were hoping to hold. See, they got really excited knowing that, okay, the price of them have gone down, but the yield's gone up. So they were getting really excited about this, not realizing that if they did have a run, then they would have to sell these bonds and these assets at a loss. And of course, this is now what's happening. So the banks are having to sell a lot of these at a loss. And earlier in the week, I talked about Charles Schwab, about to say Klaus Schwab. But yeah, Charles Schwab, they've just been downgraded. Now, this is after the video I made on them. So remember, I'm usually at least a couple days ahead of the media and the markets on a lot of this stuff. So they've just actually downgraded Charles Schwab now. And this is the first time in almost a decade that Charles Schwab has been downgraded. So now what does that do? It means a lot more people withdraw their capital from Charles Schwab. So it's not looking good, but I do stand by what I said, that I think they are a sound financial institution. I'm not being paid by them. There's no sponsorship or anything like that. That is just my assessment having analysed them. But I think the big one right now that everyone needs to be aware of is Japan. 
Japan is in big trouble. They just don't know it yet. And it's as if no one's even picked up on this yet. But Japan is the biggest holder of US treasuries in the world. So they own a trillion dollars of US treasuries, biggest holder by far. After them, it's China, then it's the UK, then it's Belgium. So when you see China getting rid of a lot of these treasuries as well, someone else is gonna to have to take up the slack because China at last account was holding about 870 billion of treasuries, UK 650 billion. And I think Belgium was something like 350 billion if my numbers are correct on these. Now, the reason this is somewhat of a problem is because as the domestic money in Japan starts to leave Japan, they're gonna have a whole host of similar problems to what's going on in the US. And I think the UK got off very, very lucky with this banking crisis. They didn't have any banks collapsing apart from the UK arm of Silicon Valley Bank. But hey, that was bought by HSBC for one pound. Yes, one pound. So that's the one to watch out for next is the Japan. I think we're going to see a lot of issues in Japan. But one thing that made me laugh this week was the FDIC. So of course they can cover all of the deposits. Oh yes, they can cover them. No problem at all. And yet what were their outflows on bailing out these banks? I've got the number here. It was $23 billion in costs. But now they're saying, oh, you know, they're, they're freaking out. These big banks, they need to reimburse us for the small banks going bankrupt. And everyone's like, hey, hang on, what, why? What do the big banks have to do with the small banks? So the FDIC wants $128 billion from the big banks to shore up the FDIC fund. Well, hold on, shouldn't they have trillions of dollars in that fund? Isn't that what they're trying to say? We've got trillions of dollars. And I told you this ages ago, they haven't got the money. Why would they be freaking out so much over 20 odd billion dollars and now trying to get 128 billion dollars if they've got trillions of dollars to cover all of the the losses if if ever there was a banking collapse it's because they haven't got the money it's all a huge house of cards and it's as simple as that and now of course the media isn't focused on the banking collapse and just how fragile it is it's getting all the top finance people and commentators to come in and say how sound the banks are and they're blaming the people. And the, the funny one today was they're blaming social media. Oh, it's all thanks to social media. And this is why we need to restrict social media. Oh gosh, here we go again. More restrictions on freedom of speech. And then we had this other analyst come out and say, there's no problems in the banking sector. The problem is all these people withdrawing their money. That's not how the banking sector's designed. It, it, people aren't supposed to withdraw their money. They're supposed to leave it in there so that we as banks can use that to make investments and then give the returns back to the, the customers. What a load of nonsense. If some of these banks are making say 5% profit on your deposits and they're paying you 0.1% interest or 1% interest, are they really sharing the profits with you? No. So what he's trying to say is that all this money, and by the way, go into a bank branch and try and withdraw all of your money cash. Now, if you've got 10 pounds or $50 in your account, well, that's, that's gonna be easy. But if you've got very large sums, um, try this out because it's quite unbelievable because they will come up with every reason under the sun for you not to take your money. Oh, this is a, you know, we're worried about you. Oh, you could be getting scammed. No, no, I just want my money. I just want cash. 
That's all. Well, why? What's the reason? That is the reason. I want cash. I don't want money in the bank. I would want some cash. Well, you know, that's very unusual and we don't recommend it. Okay, I'm not asking for your recommendation. I'm just asking for my cash. It's bizarre the way they're getting on at the moment. Oh, wow, we've got a beautiful view here as well. Look at this, lovely. Um, I just want to say as well, thank you to everyone who's joined the private community and who's taken the finance course over the, well, over this month. It has been quite amazing, actually, the amount of new members in the community. I think we grew by 500, something like that, new members just in the last month. So that's incredible. And honestly, I'm just so glad to be helping all of you guys with this situation because I'm hearing the same thing over and over again. You've been to financial advisors, you've been to all these people who are supposed to help and they are clueless. They are completely asleep. Don't even understand things like bail-in law. I mean, very basic stuff telling you to, oh, buy the dip and everything's fine. Um, buy when there's blood in the streets and all these sort of expressions you keep hearing. Oh yeah, these banking stocks, buy them now while they're down 10%. Yeah, they just went down another 30%. I mean, some of these people are absolutely, they're just clueless. I, I, I just don't know what to say. They're watching too much of the mainstream media rather than using logic, common sense, history, charts, which is what is all in my finance course, by the way, my stock market course. And I know most of you who are going to take it have taken it at this point. You're like, okay, Neil, I've taken it. You, you don't need to talk about it every month. But I think once a month on these videos is, is okay to sort of promote that course because some of you are going to advisors, you're paying fees, you're giving 3% commission, all this. It's madness. It is absolutely madness. You're letting other people look after your pensions. Goodness me. All you have to do, and again, it doesn't have to be my course, but take a course by someone who knows what they're doing and you'll save yourself a fortune, tens of thousands over your lifetime in not just in, in fees, but actually not losing money and knowing how to allocate your funds. It is quite easy and obvious and common sense once you know how all of this works. Over to economics or more broader economics now then. We've got a lot going on at the moment. So US GDP has just been downgraded again for the third time. Does this tell you there's a bit of a pattern emerging here? So they're saying that growth is gonna be 2.6% this year. I am not so sure about that. I'd be very surprised. I think actually the US is in negative periods now, but because they're doing so much currency creation, which is then being double accounted, I think is adding to GDP. And we already know that UK and Eurozone is gonna be very negative over the next year. It's not gonna be good at all with, uh, as we go through all of these crisis periods. But the other one I wanna bring your attention to, and I've been speaking to a couple of people this week about uh, commercial real estate and REITs and office blocks and all sorts of other things. Just be very careful here because I wanted to look at the charts because I haven't always got time when we do sessions and coaching and all that sort of stuff to actually look at it there and then. But I've been looking at the stats and the charts actually and it's not looking good for commercial real estate. Everyone was supposed to be back in the office by now, but you've still got, and let me give you the statistics here, the occupancy rate across the UK is still only 29% for this year. Pre-lockdown rates were 60 to 80%. That was the occupancy rate. So you've still got 40% of UK adults working from 
home. Now, this was only about 10 to 12% before the lockdown period. So people are just not going back to the offices right now. And actually, I can understand that. I do not want to work from an office ever. I really feel like I've got the best job in the world in a way. Days like today, I feel like this is the best job in the world, walking through this beautiful mountain region. Even though they've just cut down the trees here, I forgot to mention that, but they've just gone down and they've cut down the trees, but they've replanted more trees. As you can see, as we walk around, you'll see they've replanted more trees. But then there's other days where I think, oh man, this job is tough. When you've got all the, you know, the negative comments or someone comes up to you in the street and, you know, has something to say or whatever. Some days it's tough, but most of the time, this is the best job in the world. Where else can you help so many people from just shooting one short video. Now, remember yesterday we talked about how the world is about to change. If you haven't watched that video, you've got to watch that because you're gonna see, again, you've gotta get ahead of the game. The more ahead of the game you are, the more likely you are to actually get through this period. I said something to a guy, I think it was on Monday that I was speaking to a guy and he was a historian and he was talking all about, you know, fourth turning cycles because I know a lot about fourth turning cycles. And I said to him, well, the, the main thing we've all got to do is just survive through it. And he went, what do you mean? And I said, surviving as in not dying in the fourth turning cycle. And he's like, why would, why would we die in the fourth turning cycle? And I said, look at the statistics because this guy's a historian. I'm being harsh on him here. He's a nice guy. But I said, look at the statistics people die en masse in every fourth turn in cycle. So why would this one be any different? I just don't think it will be. There's a lot of things going on right now, risk factors that could wipe out a lot of people. So this is why I say just watch these videos, stay ahead of the game and just plan accordingly. If you see me doing something, that might give you an indication of what to do yourself. If you see in the private community what I'm doing with my money and my investments, that might, again, not financial advice, that might give you a little bit of an indication that you may want to diversify a little bit as well. But the reason I was mentioning yesterday's video is because we've just had an announcement that France has done a deal with China, with LNG. This is liquid natural gas. And what did they do it in? Was it US dollars? Nope, they have bypassed the US dollar and they did the deal in Yuan. Yes, that has just happened. That is another blow for the US and the US dollar. And that's what yesterday's video was about. It was just showing the speed right now that the US dollar is losing global trade. It's happening at a rapid, rapid rate, way faster. I'll be honest, it's happening way faster than I expected. I thought we still had a lot longer to go, but just reading the comments, it seems as though the general consensus is this is happening at a very, very fast rate with the, the US dollar actually losing steam with the BRICS currencies as well, building up. So either way, this is not gonna be good. It's not going to be positive. Uh, another economic story today then. Australians are furious and they are suing their bosses at the moment for billions of dollars in stolen money from their pensions. So this is all to do with the superannuation. I know I've mentored some Australians and they've told me all about this as well. All of this uh, money that was stolen from their pensions and, and everything else. But remember, 
There's money stolen from pensions all around the world. It's not as if this is an isolated event here. This is always happening. Money is stolen all the time. Money is laundered all the time, even the big banks. Look at, I won't name any banks on this video, trying to keep myself out of trouble at the minute, but you look how many of them have been money laundering for the cartels, these huge banks, and then they get $100 million fine or something like that. Yeah, that's going to dissuade them from doing it again. All right, let's talk about politics now then. And I've got to tell you a really, really funny one. I've got to start with this one, actually. I was going to end with this one, but let's start with this one. Biden, Democracy Summit. President Joe Biden is opening his second summit for democracy with a pledge for the US to spend $690 million bolstering democracy programs around the world. So that's taxpayer money, by the way. You've got to read some of the, the things in this report. It is baffling. It is absolutely baffling. $690 million going towards some of the strangest things I've read in a while. And this article made me laugh even more because it said, many see Biden as the hero of American democracy after a failed Trump presidency. <laughs> oh gosh, you just got to laugh at these things when you uh, see these sort of statements. But the other one that made me laugh this week about Biden, hold on, I've got to read this one out to you because I actually laughed out loud when I, when I read this one. Biden announces a lethal crackdown. Is it on Russia? No. It's on, dun dun dun, air conditioners <laughs> as the war on American appliances continues. First, it was your gas stove. Then, it was your wood burner. Now, it's your AC. <laughs> oh gosh, as if this is going to solve the world's problems. So you've got all of these appliance experts and engineers coming out and saying, no, 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 no. We don't need to pass this new motion. You're going to make all the air conditioners less efficient so that you're not going to be called by them very much at all. And it's going to be a lot more expensive to build them because you're trying to make them super efficient. But oh no, this is a huge contribution to the climate. So that's it. You've got to, you know, less air conditioning for the future, for the, for the summer. And then, oh, and then in the, the winter, less wood burners and less gas stoves and Oh my goodness. I mean, is, is it even going to be worth living without all these luxuries that we enjoy? But we talked last week about the protests over the pension age. And I said, I think the UK is going to do it as well. The Czech government has made a bid to raise a retirement age. Is it by one year? No. Two years? No. It's not even three years. It's by four years. Goodness me. This is going to be an interesting one. We're going to see some serious protests there. Uh, Bulgaria is refusing to send weapons to Ukraine, so they now join Hungary and Austria with having a neutral stance. And over in the EU then, ministers have now made a deal. They said that no vehicles will be allowed to produce emissions after 2035. So this is now official. So all of those people who work on those lines and you've got to think about car mechanics as well. What's going to happen to car mechanics and garages who work on these cars in the future? Now, obviously, this can take a long time to, to actually go through the economy. But when all the cars are electric, are you going to need as much maintenance on them? Could be good in one way, but it won't be good if you do that for a living. And then we've just had this other assessment out. So this is an independent body. Let me just add as we climb over all these 
sticks that have come down. And what they're talking about is how all of the sanctions against Russia for their energy haven't actually worked. Now, again, you need to do your own research on this because every report I read is completely different. If you read a Western report, they all say, oh, the sanctions are working and it's crippling Russia. But actually, if you read uh, reports that are not Western, it says that it's made no difference whatsoever. And all that's happened is Russia's just sold all of the energy to other friendly countries, as they say. And we know that India has taken up a lot of the slack already because we've already seen those statistics. So has this really worked to sanction the energy? And well, not really. As I said, when I first analyzed it, I didn't think it was gonna work in the first place. And it was supposed to, wasn't it within six months, they said that Russia's military would be crippled and they wouldn't be able to continue fighting because they would have run out of money. Well, it's over 12 months now, and it looks to me as though it's still going and actually ramping up. So as usual, we always get told and fed a load of lies about all of this stuff. And you know, it just, it just makes me laugh really. And if you look now at who's got the cheapest energy, so who's got the cheapest electricity, who's got the cheapest gas, uh, I'm gonna put the chart on screen. Who's got the cheapest electricity? Ukraine. 4.4 cents per kilowatt that is cheap and the highest is uk ireland and germany at almost 50 cents per kilowatt so that's more than 10 times the price of ukraine what about gas then at the top is sweden ouch 30 cents per kilowatt at the bottom again is ukraine two cents per kilowatt hmm that's got me wondering now then ukraine has all of this very cheap energy hmm I wonder. And even with all of this ESG stuff that, that is, you know, ongoing, 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 and now all the pension funds and all the investment funds and everything else is involved in all of this ESG, it's quite interesting because there's a lot of reports as well that are showing that companies are buying their ratings. Yes, uh, this report that just came out says that companies are paying up to $500,000 for sustainability ratings. And they did a survey of the companies who are paying a lot of money for their ratings. So almost a third of the 104 companies surveyed said they had a low to very low confidence that the ESG ratings accurately reflected their ESG performance. They think that because people are paying for these ratings, that it invalidates the ratings in the first place. So the whole thing is just a money-making thing in terms of the rating agencies, just like it was in 2008 with all the AAA ratings on the junk uh, bonds and, and mortgage-backed securities and everything else. Oh, and before I forget, I'm back on socials now as well. So I've just started a TikTok and a, I'm on Twitter anyway. I don't really use it a lot, but you can find me on pretty much most social platforms. So TikTok, if it's still there, uh, it's going to be banned, I think, soon. Instagram, I've gone back onto, I've got a page on Facebook, got a couple of other, other platforms now. I'm going to be focusing a lot more on doing some shorts as well, especially as I get busier and busier. So that is it. I hope you enjoyed this wonderful, beautiful walk today. A little bit different because I usually take you through a forest and today I took you through a forest that's just been cut down. But again, thanks for joining the private community. The link is below in the description. Thank you for taking the finance course, the stock market course, again, link below in the description. And apart from that, have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. God bless your family. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now.